What's good, fam, friends, world changes across this globe. I am so, so excited that we are back in the World Changes Podcast for another year, y'all. Y'all, this month marks one whole year that we have been streaming on all podcast streaming sites, and I am beyond grateful. I am beyond appreciative of all of you who have supported me along this journey, and if you are new here, Welcome, 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 welcome. Friends, we are starting this season with an incredible episode that has been long overdue by an incredible man of God. He's going to share more about himself as you get into this episode. However, I would love for you to stay with us as we journey together to change the world. So if you have not done so already, be sure to subscribe. And if you think that this message is awesome and we need to spread it to other parts of the world, please be so kind to leave a review uh, before you head out. So I appreciate you all. Let's Let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to the World Changers Podcast. I am excited that you all took the time to join me today on the World Changers Podcast. Listen, I've had some uh, incredible people in the past that have graced us, and uh, I know that it has been an incredible journey for us all to just really see the heart of God uh, for the world, Um, as he not suggested but commanded us to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every nation, to every creature, um, so we can see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as is in heaven. And I am so, 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 so excited to have uh, uh, not just um, a friend, but someone who I consider my brother. Um, He is, uh, I I believe, uh, a a general. He is a general um, of our faith who is leading out in these end times generations to go after the presence of God and for souls to be uh, saved and reconciled. And so um, it is my honor and my privilege uh, to have uh, Pastor Eduardo Nunez all the way from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Hello, brother. Hello, my brother. It's so good to be talking to you today, man. It's just a blessing. I miss you, my friend. <laughs> yes, man. <clears throat> it is absolutely a blessing to have you here on the uh, on the World Changes podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and start off for the people that don't know you. Um, can you just introduce, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit um, about who you are and what you do? All right. So I'm Brazilian. Me and my family. I have my wife. One wife. That's good to tell today. huh? <laughs> one and only. And a son, Joshua Brave. And we are moving to Lisbon to plant Zion Church and start Dunamis Movement in Europe. But for the past 10 years, I've been working with Dunamis in Brazil, working in universities, uh, training young leaders to open revival groups inside their colleges, also working with the SAN in Brazil. And I'm also uh, a part of the pastoral team in Zion Church, Sao Paulo. So I kind of divide myself into in Dunamis, Zion Church, the SAN, and for sure my family. So this is a little bit of me. I'm just so happy to be talking to you. 
And I'm so happy too. Um, on today's conversation, um, we are going to focus on the theme of sustainable revival. Now, this is something that I believe is awesome, revolutionary, and groundbreaking. And a, a, a mini testimony before my experience in meeting Eduardo and the Dunamis Ministry in Brazil in 2019 uh, of the summer, I thought of my I thought to myself, there are a lot of great movements uh, that have have occurred in history. And I thought to myself, growing up in a very uh, spirit led culture where we would see revival. And uh, there was a lot of maturity that the Holy Spirit had to show me because oftentimes when we hear that word revival, we think of services. We think of that preacher that comes in with a nice suit, jumps on the chairs, have a powerful (laughs) service. And wow, you leave and just say, wow, that was revival. But uh, the more I've matured, I've, I've recognized that revival is not merely a service. Um, and it's not merely just simply an event, but revival is something that is transformative. And, and, and Eduardo is going to uh, uh, take us a little bit further. So let, let's go ahead and start there, Eduardo. Sustainable revival. What is a revival? And uh, what what do you mean? What 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 does it mean when we're talking about sustainable revival? So as you said, revival, it's not only a feeling. Even though we have good feelings and uh, good, amazing experiences um, during revival times. But when we talk about revival, we see throughout the Bible and even in history that uh, revival carries three different elements. And we see this in Isaiah chapter 61 when the prophet says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For he anointed me to preach the good news. And then in the verse 4, he says, they shall rebuild cities. Mm -hmm. So when we talked about sustainable revival, one, awakening of the saints, the awakening of the church. This would be the church being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, when he says, Wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from above. Mm. So we also see in the Bible, Mark 16, when he says, Go and preach the gospel. So at the same time that disciples had a mission, they had to wait. For the power of the Holy Spirit. So the first step or the number one of revival would be the awakening. This is when the Holy Spirit comes upon a congregation, upon a group of people. We saw this in Azusa revival with William Seymour. We saw this uh, Wales with Evan Roberts, First Great Awakening with John Wesley, 1906 and 7 in Korea. We see in history that there's times that God awakened his church. 
And I believe, and you've been in Brazil, I believe that in Brazil, we, we have been experiencing a season of awakening. And in this first point, we always see repentance, mm. first love. And when, I'm, when I say first love, I mean passion mm -hmm. for the Bible, passion for prayer, and passion for worship. There's no revival without prayer. We've got to understand this. When Jesus ascended to heaven, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, 14, that the disciples, they would gather and pray. So we see passion for prayer, passion for worship, passion uh, for the Bible. And mm -hmm. we also see the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So this would be number one. Number two, or second phase of revival, would be the great wave of salvation. So when Isaiah is prophesying, and this is a, a messianic prophecy that is fulfilled when Jesus walks into, a, into the synagogue and he says, The spirit of the living God is upon me because he, for he anointed me to preach the good news. And today this prophecy was fulfilled. So we see there is a purpose for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He says, the spirit of the living God is upon me for he anointed me to preach. So the anointing is not only a feeling. It's not only a good vibe. It's not only to be experienced. But it's a divine empowerment. So we can fulfill an impossible mission. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that is empowering us to fulfill an impossible mission. So when we receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we got to understand, this is not only for the church. This is to be shared. My, my, my brother needs this. My, my father needs this. My boss at work needs this anointing. My friends in my university, they need to feel God's love. So the anointing comes upon me so I can stand up in confidence and bless people with everything that I received. And we see this in Acts chapter 2. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. They were all praying in different tongues. But in the verse uh, 11, we see our open Here because I, I, I just love this. Uh, verse 11 and 12, people are just like wondering what's happening. And then in verse 13, Peter says, Some, however, actually, here is talking about the whole context. Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the leaven, raised his voice and addressed 
the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. So we see that they received the power of the Holy Spirit. But now Peter is standing up before a multitude. The same Peter that denied Jesus three times. Now he is in front of 3,000 people. Mm. And he's saying, we are not drunk. This is what the prophet prophesied. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. You crucified the Messiah. So he's filled with boldness. So one mark of a genuine revival is the boldness of the church. Mm. Mm -hmm. There's faith to, to share about Jesus in high schools, colleges, universities, TVs, on the streets, in family meetings. We see this even uh, in Jesus People Movement in California. 1967 to 1971, the hippies led by uh, Lonnie Frisbee. Mm -hmm. In mm -hmm. a matter of four years, wow. two million young people gave their lives wow. to Jesus. Two million, man. <laughs> this is crazy. So when does this happen? When the church takes her position. When we stand up, I love falling in the spirit. Mm. But mm -hmm. we got we have to stand up in power. <laughs> we gotta demonstrate Whoa. outside the power that we received in church. This is why Paul says twice in the Bible, I didn't come to you. With persuasive words only, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. People outside, they are sick of that religion. Mm. They need a divine power that raises the dead, that heals the sick, that heals COVID-19. We need a brave church in this time that will take position to see revival. There will see awakening, good conferences. Yes, the scent. I, I, I'm part of the scent. I love it. But it's not only for stadiums. We got to wow. see this power touching the marketplace, touching society, touching the universities, wow. touching the lost. So one mark of a genuine revival is a missions movement. Mm. Church planting. Mm. Why? Because the churches get too small. <laughs> yeah. It's part of revival. Yeah. So many people come into our churches. We need to plan new churches. We need new buildings. It's what I see in Luke chapter 5 when the disciples they're fishing and after the words of Jesus, they had so many fishes that the boat began to sink. They need other boats. They're wow. asking for help. I believe, Alonso, it's a time that mm. pastors 
They're going to be calling each other saying, my friend, I need your church to send new sheep because there are just too many. I cannot feed them inside of my own. Wow. Wow. So uh, number two, this massive wave of salvation. And number three, society transformation. I'm not saying that we're going to have everything perfect because we will only see this in the second coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is as church, we have power to not only save souls, but to change society. It's funny because in Mark 16, Jesus is talking about people. Mm. Preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Mm -hmm. His concerns about people. But in Matthew 28, his heart is for the nations. Mm. All the authority is being given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So, in one hand, the gospel saves people. In the other, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom, touches and restores society. Mm. We see in Azusa. Wow. Mm. Segregation all over. And in California, the white and the black. They wow. are the same spot, worshiping the king of the kings. Wow. We see reviving Wales. Man, the alcoholism dropped out so much that bars, pubs, they are closing, shutting down. Mm. There are testimonies of Evan Roberts walking down the streets. And people shut in pubs. Mm. This is the impact, impact in society. Mm. We also see in first great awakening that not only people were being saved, but orphanages were being planted. Hospitals. Oh. The church looking after the poor on the streets. We see in India with William Curry, the father of missions. Wow. He went not only to preach, but he translated the Bible for 44 languages in that nation. So we see that the gospel has the power to change and impact society. So people, they ask me, Eddie, do you believe that you're living a revival in Brazil? And I would say, I believe that we are living only the beginning. Mm. And they're saying, why if you're seeing stadiums being filled, mm -hmm. thousands. Man, we saw in one day, the sand, 8,000 people giving mm. their lives to Jesus. Mm. 150,000 people worshiping Jesus in three stadiums at the same time. But why do I believe that we're not seeing the fullness yet? Mm. Because in one hand, we have 60 million people in Brazil that call themselves Christians. 
But in the other one, we have thousands and thousands of orphans. In the Jesus. Wow. The, the biggest scandals of corruption in the nations is in Brazil. So am I seeing the fullness of Jesus' prayer when he's teaching the disciples to pray? The prayer that we call our, our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as a disciple of Jesus, we have authority to pray in Brazil as it is in heaven. Mm. Is there corruption in heaven? Of course not. Is mm. there orphans in heaven? Of course not. So we have to take our position as ambassadors mm. and really see the fulfillment of this prayer, seeing the church impacting society. So I know that this was a long answer. Sorry for this, my friend. But I would teach a sustainable mm. revival in those three points. Awakening of the church great wave of salvation wow. and society transformation in church culture i don't know um how it is much in south america but i know that in the western world the national trend or satisfaction is the packed conference is the the major speaker that um a person is able uh to host it is the 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 pomp and and the gathering and that's not to say that 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 gatherings are evil or bad yeah but i do know that we become at times very content and um what you have just said and all that you've said but but in what you've just said uh reminds us that contentment doesn't just stop at a full packed church that yeah. I, you're saying that there are still families, there are still education systems, policies in the government, arts and entertainment that are literally crying out for the presence of God. Is that what we're saying? So are we saying that we shouldn't just stop at a conference? Because we would think, wow, a stadium. Yeah, We've yeah, reached yeah. it. We finally got. 40,000 people in a stadium. We've made it. That's not it. Yeah. Man, this is a great <laughs> question. And I would answer <laughs> with two cool stories in the Bible. Okay. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So, and I'm not against events, I'm all no. about it. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I was at the sand. But the thing is, the events, they're not the end, there are two. I don't worship events. Mm -hmm. They serve for a purpose. So Jesus told us to make disciples, right? Not converts. Mm. There is a difference. So an event, if this event has the purpose or meaning to make disciple, this is an, a good idea. But if it's only to convert people, Mm -hmm. It's not fulfilling the, the fullness. Mm. And why am I saying this? 
because we see in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. And this is amazing, right? <laughs> but we also see Acts chapter 3 and 4 and 5. Do you know what I mean? There is yeah. a, there is, there is a consequence. It didn't stop in the order call. Revival doesn't wow. stop in a good altar call. We see that the church, the new believers, they would gather in the temples. Come on. Proclamation of the gospel, but also in the houses. Discipleship, communion. So the events, the 3,000 salvations, they were parts of a big picture of discipleship. Houses, temple and houses walking side by side. So the big gatherings and events, they got to walk side by side with discipleship. Mm. Does, does it make sense? Absolutely, 100%. And, um, you know, one of them, I've, I've learned so many great wisdom and and revelation and i've only been under their ministry when i was in brazil for four weeks and uh um you know here shameless plug i'm gonna put it out there uh because i i, I just have to if you uh have not partnered with dunamis movement and what they're doing in brazil um just google them and you will find them and whatever um events you can partner with um those two are who are my listeners i would highly encourage you to be a part of what God is doing. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of the lessons I've learned, Eduardo, is that the gospel is not complicated. <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. know, uh, um, and, and you're talking to someone that grew up in church culture. I had my formal uh, uh, theological training. I've received my degrees. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 I've come to this realization that it's not, it's not that the gospel is complicated, but sometimes we make it complicated. And yeah. in being a part of what what um, God is doing and not just in Brazil, because I remember when I was praying and 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 uh, God was moving there and I was able to participate. I said, God, don't don't let this just be a Brazil encounter for me. But I'm praying that as I come back to my nation, to other nations, that that can continue. And I'm here to tell you that that God has been faithful um, that, that it is true that I'm still seeing souls saved, see, still seeing even um, people near in relationship with me uh, come to know Jesus Christ. And so, um, Eduardo, you, you've shared some testimonies um, of what God has done and is doing. And what practicality and advice can you give to our listeners to remain committed and effective in the area of ministry to those who uh, they're called to impact? Uh, so I know that was a very loaded question, a very heavy question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but uh, yeah, essentially, what 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 practicality and what advice? Because um, maybe there's some listeners out there right now that's like, man, I hear what you're saying, um, but uh, but but I need some advice on on being committed because it's not always easy. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. I'll I'll number a few points. Okay, first one, as you said, the gospel is simple. So the kids. They would love Jesus. Why? Because they could understand him. <laughs> so, number one, be simple. 
be humble, humble hearts. Number two, be fully committed to the word of God. Mm. Study the scriptures. So our generation, and I'm not against the prophetic. I'm all about it. I totally believe on it, right? But sometimes I believe that we hear too many times. I feel when we should be hearing it's written. So Jesus, he resisted devil in the desert saying, it's written. It's in the Bible. It's in the constitution. So as ambassadors, we have to understand the constitution. And reading the Bible cannot be a feeling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You cannot depend on a feeling. I feel like reading today wrong. It's a commitment as your lunch. Yes. Eat when you feel like eating and when you don't feel like eating because your body needs. Mm. So there's even a study that people that read the Bible four times a week, at least, they have 61% less chances of being uh, caught on moral scandals mm, mm. as uh, uh, pornography, masturbation, and others. So number two is scriptures. Number three, live a life of risk and faith. Mm. Uh, how can I put this in a better way? Christianity is not is never supposed to be comfortable. <laughs> it's not a religion to be comfortable. You be in your job and you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you to share your faith to your friend. Yeah. Or to give a certain word for your boss. Or to pray for the sick. You know what I mean? Like, be sensitive yeah. to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Share with others what you received. Be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Like Peter, he stepped out of the boat. But Eddie, he, he was sinking in the ocean. Yeah, he did. But when they got back, Peter had a testimony. The 11, they had a story. You choose. You want to have other people's stories or you want to build your own testimonies? <laughs> Number four, embrace the local church. And what do I mean when I say embrace? I would say serve a vision that is not yours. Before, before Joseph seeing the fullness of his vision, he had to serve the Pharaoh's vision. So we live in a generation that we only want to serve our vision. The Lord spoke to me. All right, this is good. But what do you do when the Lord speaks to your pastor? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
a vision that is not yours. Embrace mystery, even when you don't see the things happening. Forgive people. Wow. Church is made out of people in development. What does it mean? Any time of the week, you can be hurt. Mm. Be wow. fast to release forgiveness. Wow. Mm. So embrace the local church. And number five, be led by purpose and not by opportunities or necessities. Mm. So we see that Jesus, he was in Capernaum and many people were like, Jesus, stay here. The crowds are here. We need you. And he says, we have to go to the other cities because this is where, this is why I came. So Jesus had an amazing opportunity. He had many followers in Capernaum. Maybe Peter was like, Jesus, uh, we're uh, seeing the data on your Instagram and you have many followers from Capernaum. It's a great opportunity to build your uh, Jesus Christ international ministry. <laughs> One, opportunity. Two, people's necessity. Huh. Jesus, I need healing. My marriage needs restoration. My family needs you. Mm. And he's saying no. So, how strong is your conviction? To the point that you can say no to the best offerings. I'm not saying ab about uh, sins. I'm saying good offerings. Alonso, come and preach in this amazing conference. Is that a necessity? Mm. Are you going for money for, for the offering? Is that a necessity? Two, is that an opportunity? It's a good platform. It's going to be good for my influence. Or number three, this is for purpose. Mm. The Lord is directing me towards this connection. I'm telling you, many times I accept invitations for necessity and opportunities. Yes, sir. It's empty. Mm. It's shallow doesn't fill the place in your heart that is made for eternity. Jesus. Because we were made for eternity. And this is our prime focus and, and, and purpose. So those are my tips. Mm. Be simple. Love the scripture. Risk and faith. Embrace the local church. And number five, be led by uh, I even forgot. Be led by your purpose. Yes. Oh man, my goodness. I my I literally I I have a desk where I can write on, and I'm running out of space <laughs> on my physical desk. If you can see it right now, um, and uh, you know, I I am convinced that 
those of you who are listening right now, there is there is a deposit that is being made in your life as you're listening. And I don't say that lightly. I want to encourage you to revisit this episode again. And um, Eduardo, um, you know, but before uh, we, we end our time together, um, there's so much more we can dive into. Uh, but to honor your time, um, I would love if you could just end off this time in a time of prayer, um, a prayer of, act, of awakening, of yep. activation and empowerment, however the Holy Spirit leads you, because I know that there mm. are there are there are little there there might be a a potential president to a nation, a potential mm. governor, Amen. a potential uh, doctor, a lawyer, uh, um, an actor, uh, a celebrity uh, rising that that will come in contact with this, and I. Uh, would think that it would be just to really just uh, awaken uh, the who who they are as a son of God, um, and I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about position, um, and and really empower them to go forth and change the world. Can you do that for us, please? Yes, that's that's a pleasure. So I know you're watching it probably at home or in your car. Uh, just open your hands right now. And I believe there'll be an importation even through the internet. Father God, we just honor your presence. We love you. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you. We bless your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We honor you, Holy Spirit. And right now, Father, I pray, release the power of the Holy Spirit upon my friends even now. I pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost coming upon them. Father, I pray for fresh importation even now. I pray for the awakening of the first love, the awakening of hearts. I pray for healings for anyone that is sick even now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray for salvations. I pray for love for the lost. Be released even now. Compassion for the lost. Father, I pray for passion for prayer. Passion for intercession. Passion for Bible. Passion for worship. If you pray in the Spirit, even now at your home, just pray in the Spirit right now. There's rivers of living waters being released. If you don't pray in the spirits, receive these gifts even now. Words are coming to your mind, to your heart. By faith, just release it. Father, I pray for supernatural joy coming upon my friends. I pray for new wine. I pray for awakening. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against depression, against any problems and diseases in the souls, and we speak healing even now. <laughs> yes, yes, Jesus. 
And Father, right now I pray for an importation of this message of revival. Coming to my friends, we prophesy awakening and revival. Revival and reformations in the nations in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. And listen, I have to say, if you are listening right now, there is no distance when it comes to the spirit and the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you, I, I've never done this before, but I'm going to step out on faith and believe it. If you listen to this and God not only just changed your thinking, but brought forth some, some form of healing, some forth of transformation, send me a message, whatever, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast, I, I, send me a message. I want to hear the testimonies of Jesus, of what he has done in your life and what will happen because there's no way, there's no way. You can encounter the presence of God like this and remain the same. Eduardo, I thank you, Pastor. I thank you, brother, for being on uh, the World Changers podcast today. Uh, for those um, who don't know, uh, he has a phenomenal book out um, that's recently uh, his, his newest release. Uh, and the title is Sustainable Revival, The Spiritual Awakening of the Church for the Transformation of the World. Uh, do we have that in English? We are translating right now in, into English and Spanish. So <laughs> we, we, we possibly will have it in maybe two or three months. I'll make sure that I send you a copy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and what is the best way that people can keep in touch with you, follow your ministry? Uh, what is the best way? Uh, you can go to Instagram. I, I, my platform is Eduardo B.C. Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, Eduardo B.C. Nunes. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and also Dunamis Movement on YouTube. We have many videos, music, uh, uh, videos from the sand. You can follow us also at Dunamis. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, before we end this time, Eduardo, um, he didn't know I was going to do this. Uh, he didn't ask me to do this, but I have to celebrate this man of God. As I mentioned before, I met him in the summer of 2019 and uh, I've met, uh, met, met many people, met many people. He is someone that is not only anointed, but he's also gentle. He bears the fruit of the spirit. And I, I admire not only because he's a great preacher, but because he's a great brother. And uh, I've, 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 that has impressed me, um, him and his beautiful family. They, they give from their heart. They, it's, it's almost as if, um, I mean, this, this man did not even know me, had no idea who I was. There was no social benefit for him to ever take the, the, the time to sit with me and to pray with me and to listen and to impart. Um, but he did just that. And I thank you, Eduardo, for just really demonstrating the heart of Jesus. You can be anointed and humble. You can be anointed <laughs> and lovable. And I thank you for your gentle heart. I know that uh, walking in the level of responsibility that, that you have in the kingdom is not an easy journey, 
but we thank God for your commitment to Jesus Christ and your yes, that is literally changing the world. I celebrate you. I honor you. And I thank you, my brother. Thank you so much, my brother. It's just an honor to hear that coming from you. Uh, Thank you. Praise Jesus. You know that you have a brother, a family in Brazil, in Portugal, and anything you need, man, count on us. Thank you for your time. It's just a blessing for me to be part of this. Uh, can, can I just share a, pro, uh, a prophetic word? I believe <laughs> I, uh, this, mm. ju- this thing just came to my mind. That'll be uh, people hearing this, not only this episode, but many that you are recording years from now. And they will be impacted. And yeah. I see... Alonso, that the Lord is really blessing you for a legacy. You are someone that will really make the difference in churches, but also families. And there is a strong anointing in your life for family transformation. And the Lord is going to bless your family so much. You'll be such an amazing husband and father. That you have authority, even when the world, the lost, see your family and the way you lead your kids, your family, and your ministry in the name of Jesus. And I even believe that in two years from now, there will be a a, a guy, a young man in Asia hearing this podcast. And I pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost upon you. Whoa. And the Lord is going to use you in a powerful way to revival your country, to revive your country and save the lost. There is a healing anointing upon you and I bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I had had this thing burning my heart. I just had to share it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the World Changers podcast. May you never, ever, ever be the same after today in Jesus' name. We'll see you on the next time, on the next episode. God bless you all. Mm-hmm.